What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, episode seven of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me today. And you know, I like to get my motivation off on the top. And guess what? I believe. Don't look no further for any more motivation, okay? If you believe in whatever it is that you're doing, whether... No matter how unconventional it is, go for it. Do it. Forget what the naysayers say because they're going to talk. Forget what the haters going to say because they're going to talk. You're going to have some people who you think should even be close to you and support it, going to talk. Going to say to you, that's no way that, there's no way you can do that. You cannot pull that off. But as long as you believe it, it can be done. <laughs> Look no further than Coach Prime. Unconventional. Uh, 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 unordinary, never been done before, it worked out. I'm here to tell you, believe in you. Believe in whatever that thing is that you want to do and go do it, baby. Because I believe. I'm on the bandwagon. I, I figured it out. I believe. We are here, man, episode 7 of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, And I'm not going to. I ain't burying the lead. The most talked about sports moment of the weekend. Wasn't NFL, nope. Wasn't the Cowboys, and that's rare. It is rare that the Cowboys at this time of the year aren't on everyone's A block. Not this Monday, not today, no siree. At the top of everyone's talking points, the University of Colorado, Colorado University, however you want to put it, the fighting prime timers, Went on down there to Fort Worth, Texas, and got a dub against the runner-up national number 17 in the country, runner-up national champions, TCU Horn Frogs, 45-42. And I'm telling you, I don't know where to start. I told you guys last week, when we're talking about Dion. Dion has that Floyd Mayweather impact. He has that Floyd Mayweather uh, uh, energy around him, where when Floyd was in his prime, no pun intended, but when Floyd was in his prime, it, 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 it wasn't just a boxing match. Oh, no. It was an event. You just didn't come just to see the boxing match. You came and you saw it all. It was an event when you watched prime Floyd fight. I was lucky enough. Uh, I went and saw a young Canelo and, 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 and Floyd fight in Vegas. Boy, was it an event. Boy, was it an event. I wasn't lucky enough to be in Fort Worth to watch that game in live, but I watched it on TV, and I hadn't had that much excitement. As someone who's played two sports at the collegiate level, played in the National Football League, I haven't had that much excitement to watch an opening weekend game versus two schools who I have zero rooting interest for in my life. It was an event. If you were on social media, you saw that any and everybody was watching this football game and was talking about this football game. And in the words of primetime, baby, it did not disappoint. It was a back and forth game. And, and, and let me just say this. Kudos to Coach Prime, to his staff, to his faculty, to, to, the, to the Buff Nation. Nobody really believed outside of y'all. 
I, I do. And there are some people who I know who are close to Dion. My good friend Michael Irvin, my good friend Nate Newton. I know those guys are rooting for Dion to be successful. And have been around Dion their entire like not entire life, but their adult lives were teammates of him or friends of him, and, and they believe. But outside of that, there wasn't many people who truly believed that this was possible. Like, let me just take you through a timeline of how all this stuff goes down. Dion leaves Jackson State. However you feel about him leaving Jackson State, that's on you. That man went and took a better job. The same thing that you would do if someone was giving you a better job to do what you love to do, you would take the job too. So don't miss me with all that. He left on that HBCU. Please. Y'all would have bounced too. Okay? You go from making a couple hundred thousand and the money ain't going where it's supposed to go. Your, your, your assistant coaches are, are, are starving. Your facilities ain't where it need to be. And you brought notoriety to that program. You brought winning to that program. You brought the attention to HBCUs. My time here is done. I've served my purpose here. Dion served his purpose. He goes to a Power 5 school in Colorado who gave him a shot. Some other schools didn't give him a shot. Some other schools didn't even interview him. Before Sonny Dykes took this job, he was at SMU. Deion tried to get the TCU job. You know, I get it. I'm not saying you have to hire Deion, but he goes to a better situation. And we all remember the commentary. He said it. He told us, I'm coming. We coming. And I'm bringing my luggage. And it's Louie. I love it. I love it. He said, I'm coming and I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. That means it, it, that's the top of the line. I, I, I happen to own a Louie duffel bag. I've owned it for a while. That thing is still in great shape. Dion said, I am coming. We are coming and I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. And everybody uh, uh, had an opinion. They, 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 they scoffed at him and said, how dare you? you? And then he comes to Colorado and he does something unconventional. He goes, everyone that was here wasn't good enough to win. Y'all might want to enter the transfer portal. Y'all might want to go ahead and get, a, and get a jump start because what I'm getting ready to do, a lot of y'all, y'all can't be a part of this. And people said, how dare you and how dare he even though all of your favorite, favorite college coaches do the same thing. They all do the same thing. They bring in guys. College football doesn't have unlimited amount of scholarships. When you go into the transfer portal and when you go and get other guys that come to your school and stuff like that, somebody got to go. Somebody has to go. It is the nature of the business. But because Dion is Dion, everybody didn't like the way he did things. But Dion was right up front with you. He said, listen, everybody can't go. Let that be a life lesson to y'all. Everybody can't go. Some of y'all going to have to get dropped off. And it was some reports people saying, you know, a kid comes out and he goes, well, you know, I can't get my film from. Well, nobody gets film. When you're no longer part of the program, you don't get, you don't get to get film. And you didn't even play. But that's another story for another day. But Dion comes in unconventionally cleans house. Brings in 51 new students, student athletes. 51. Overall, 80. Talk about changing the culture. 
And even still, people talked about, well, this team was 1-11 last year. They, no one talked about Colorado. And, and, and Prime told y'all early on, there's a few players that position already set. Y'all already got a quarterback. His name is Shador Sanders. We good there. I, I got another guy who's going to play receiver and cornerback. He, trust me, named Travis Hunter. We good there. And I got some more dogs coming. And he brought more players in and more players in. And all of a sudden, in, in, in six to nine months, this thing went from being the laughing stock of the Pac-12 to, hold on now, Colorado getting some buzz. Colorado also said, we don't got the money to pay you right now, Deion, but we're going to figure it out. AD said, we ain't got the money. Rick George said, we don't have the money, but we're going to figure it out. And they sold out the spring game. Season tickets have been sold out. Merchandise have been flying off the shelf. My good friend Nate Newton, when he traveled to Boulder to see his friend, he brought me back a T-shirt. Didn't know I was going to wear it today, but I'm glad I had one in the closet. I believe, Dion. And it leads up to this point. And now a lot of people have said, and this is, and I get it. People look at it and say, you know, most guys who wear yellow jackets, gold jackets, they don't really turn out to be good coaches. You know, the, the greats are just great at playing. They ain't really great at coaching. But if you just take a moment and think about this, Dion ain't just jumping to coaching. This wasn't just something he's like, you know what? I feel like I'm going to go coach. Dion has put in the time, energy, and effort. He has put in the sweat equity. He's put in the 10,000 hours since he had his truth programs here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Then he coached high school football. Then he went to Jackson State, and now he's at a power five. So it's not like Dion used his celebrity to elevate himself, to skip the line like a lot of coaches do. Coaches' sons, coaches' sons-in-laws, friends of friends who get hooked up because my daddy coached with him before, and now I want to coach. So No, Dion put in his 10,000 hours. At every single level. And the thing that is consistent with Dion at every single level, he won. He, he won in his truth programs who had baseball, football, basketball, all that. He won at Trinity Christian in high school. He won at Jackson State, the HBCU. And right now he's winning in Colorado. He's definitely winning the media portion of it. And he went, he went and did the impossible. And you can't take that away from him. He didn't skip the line. He could have. This is Deion Sanders. This is one of the best players in NFL history. One of the best players in college football history. One of the best players in high school football history. He could have easily skipped the line. And went right to the top. But he paid his dues. He paid his dues at every single level he won. And he came here, and what I love about it is that he told you what he was going to do. Now, this doesn't mean that he's going to win the rest of these games this season and go be undefeated. Possibly, I don't know. But out the gate, he comes in and he changes the program. And he's doing it in a way that's so unconventional. And, and I, I had this tweet. I got to find it. I, I got to pull this tweet up that I said about what Dion. Dion didn't reinvent the wheel. Okay? At all. Dion didn't reinvent the wheel. But what Dion reminded us all of are some very, very important principles when it comes to winning in sports. 
And I'm a firm believer that sports, especially football, can be translated and related to everyday life. Here's what Dion reminded us. Dion reminded us that the, the, one of the formulas that's important in, in sports, especially when you come somewhere new, it's setting a, uh, uh, it's setting a culture of standards. See, those kids that was there last year, those kids had a level of standard that we didn't, it, everybody played. It was almost like participation. Everyone played, yeah, we suck, and they believed that they sucked. So they worked as if they sucked. They worked as if they were never going to win football games. And Dion knew from the start, when, when, when big CEOs buy companies, what they usually do is they come in, they kind of interview everybody, but they eliminate a lot of people. They let them go. They say, because the culture that I have to set, all of you have been set in your ways. And there's a reason that we're coming in buying this company on the low end. Because the people who the culture has been set about, the standards have been so low that we don't even want this to, to be even infested with the new people that we bring in. Because our standards are different. Dion, I think, is honest with his players. He's going to tell you, you're going to play, you're not going to play. Here's what I need. Here's what I don't need. You're going to make it. You're not going to make it. Like he told those kids. He interviewed and met with all those kids. He said, hey, buddy, you might want to get in the portal now. And I'll do whatever it is I can do to help you in your next destination. But you're not going to play here under me. See, a lot of y'all can't take that because honesty, real honesty, you guys got soft skin. You got thin skin. So when someone is real honest with you, you're, 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 you're insulted. No, I want someone to be honest with me. You're good enough. You're not good enough. You're going to play. You're not going to play. Then I can deal with that truth. A lot of y'all can't deal with the truth. And I think Dion reminds us of that. Be honest with your players. Let them know from up front, here is the standards. Here what I think you can do and what I think you can't do. Either you will or you won't. And some of y'all, when you get the truth... You're not man or woman enough to realize and look yourself in the mirror and say, that is the truth, and do something about it. The third thing I thought Dion did was, you're going to need a few dogs. You're going to need a few dogs, going to need a little few athletes. If you're going to win in sports, you're going to need some dogs. I love that if you look at the jerseys of Shador and look at the jerseys of, 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 of Travis Hunter, they have an L when normally it's a C for captain. They have one, some has L, some has a D. And Dion said, I don't do captains. He said, I have leaders and I have dogs. He said, not every leader is a dog and every, every dog is a leader. But I have leaders and I have dogs. See, even that kind of gives you, he's a dog. I stamped that. He's a leader. I stamped that. And he says, every leader ain't a dog. And every dog ain't a leader. Cool. Be a leader. Do what I ask you to do as a leader. Don't worry about being. You ain't a dog. You ain't a dog. You a leader. Be a leader. And dog, you ain't a dog. You ain't a leader. You a dog. Be a dog. See, that's the honest truth that a lot of people couldn't handle. I thought I said number four was he hired some good people. Ooh, this is important. Assistance. He hired some folks that, was, that believed the same thing that he believed, worked the same way that he worked, had a vision that he, that he had, uh, wanted to ha help these kids uh, to identify the dogs and the leaders, hire your assistants. 
assistants are key. If you're going to do anything in life or in sports, you're going to need some people around you. You're going to need some people around you that kind of actually know more than you know. See, a lot of y'all want to get yes men in y'all camp, in y'all circle. Then I said, I need some folks that know more than me. And I've been in the league a long time. But I don't know everything. And I'm going to trust these folks that I put around me. And then last but not least, belief. Like I told you, I to start this thing with whatever it is, you got to believe in it. I believe so much in unfiltered with Jesse Holly, it stinks. I'm not sitting there trying to be on my Dion stuff, but boy, you don't know what I went through to get to this point and how much I believe in this and how much I believe that this is my time. That what I'm doing today is God-given divine purpose. And the same thing with Dion. But they win that game. And just talk about the game. Shador Sanders, who a lot of people said he just playing for his daddy. He was at an HBCU. That doesn't translate. Shador came into this game and was 38 of 47 for 510 yards and four touchdowns. No picks. <laughs> Against the running up national championship team, playing in the national championship team. He surgically picked TCU apart. Interesting backstory about Shador. Shador, he's a Sanders. So, of course, he's going to have the, the, the confidence that he has. I don't, that, is, that runs in the family. But one thing about the Sanders is, and they said it all in their post spring, they kept receipts. And I learned earlier today the receipt that Shador Sanders kept was a few years ago, they went to visit old Kendall Browse, who is the offensive coordinator at TCU, who was formerly at Baylor. And from Dion's report, Kendall Browse kind of treated his son like, Psh, move, get, get over there. And Shador never forgot it. And, and Shador told Dion that day, he said, we'll never come back here again, meaning to Baylor. Now, have, feel how you feel about it. But Shador internalized that and be what have you, the football god said that we're going <laughs> to let this be, this is a sidebar, let this be a, a message to some of y'all. Be careful who y'all mistreat. Be careful who you mistreat on your way up because you may have to come back around and face those people. Just saying. But Shador kept those receipts, and even through all the hoopla, because this was an event, everybody and their mama was watching this game. He was calm, he was cool, collective, and he was surgical. And he helped this football team go from obscurity to now being the most talked football team in the country. More than Alabama, more than LSU, more than Georgia, more than Florida State, more than all the top programs. Nobody is talking more about Colorado now than they ever have. Ever. Chador finds himself now in a conversation as a Heisman hopeful. As he should. But he goes out there and he surgically picks apart this TCU defense. I told y'all, you got to have a few dogs. And boy, was Travis Hunter a dog. 110 snaps. 
He played offense. He played defense. Shador, by the way, in the record of 510 yards passing, another record was they had four receivers catch over 100 yards. It's a record. It's a school record. School record, too. One of those guys who, who had over uh, 100 yards receiving was all world, all everything. He had the D on his shirt. Travis Hunter, dog. A dog. Remember that coach said, we need more dogs. Only no catch. Yeah, we need dogs. Travis Hunter is a dog. Holy moly guacamole. Travis Hunter is a dog. And it was on display for the world to see. Primetime 2.0. He talked the talk, walked the walk. When Prime said, I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louie, he would talk about Travis Hunter. Oh, you about to believe. This was a recruit who had come out of high school, was the number one player in high school, was going to Florida State. Dion got him to flip from Florida State to come to Jackson State. And Dion told us from day one, he said, I told this kid, if you stick with me, I promise you, I'm going to make you a star. Y'all better start believing what Dion say. Because Travis Hunter is a bona fide star. If he catches those two, he, he should have had two touchdowns and another pick that he probably he dropped. Dion was right at halftime. The Heisman would have been at his house chilling in week one. But Travis Hunter was amazing. And you're going to see the interceptions and you're going to see the, 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 the touchdowns and the big play on third and 16. You want to know what the biggest play of the game was for Travis Hunter? Do you? The biggest play to me, as someone who's watched the game of football, been a part of the game of football for 20-plus years, the biggest game, the biggest play on that football field was the game-saving tackle. If you remember, the running back from, uh, from TCU, it was either Bailey or Sander, I think it was Bailey, Imani Bailey, he breaks one up the right sideline. Travis Hunter is playing the defensive side of the left sideline. Travis Hunter is playing right quarterback, right cornerback. He runs from the, his position, the backside corner. We always see these pursuit angle drills that they run in practice. Travis Hunter runs by three or four of his teammates for a game touchdown saving tackle would have put TCU up two scores. Do you know what happened a play or two later? Travis Hunter interception. <laughs> the biggest play of the game that you won't even hear or won't even talk about. There was no bigger play that Travis Hunter made in that football game to me than being on the backside and running down the running back who was – if Travis Hunter didn't run him down, you would have never said anything about him because he was so far out of the play. But his will to win was so great that he ran the running back down from the backside, pushed him out of bounds, saved the touchdown. He later got an interception two, one, one or two plays later. Changed the game. Amazing. Amazing. Travis Hunter, I'm going to say it. Travis Hunter is probably like the Shohei Otani of college basketball. College football, excuse me. Travis Hunter is like the Shohei Otani of college football. My only concern, like with Shohei, 
dominating pitcher. Was one of the first pitchers this season in the MLB to get to 10 wins. Got stuff. Will probably be, most likely be, uh, uh, the MVP. 40-plus home runs at the plate. What is he dealing with now? Tommy John. My only concern, I do think that Travis Hunter is a dog. D-A-W-G. Dog. I do think Travis Hunter is like the Shohei Otani of college football. When I was coming up, it was guys like Chris Gamble, R.W. McCorders, um, guys like that. I don't know if it's sustainable. And I could be wrong. I could. I hope that I'm wrong. But I don't think y'all truly understand 110 plays. At halftime, he had 60. The average game worth of plays in the National Football League is anywhere between 60, 60 to 68. He had 60 by himself at halftime. Finished with, he did two games, two full games worth of work in one game. I don't know if that's sustainable throughout the season. Deion talked about that he won't practice until Wednesday. Got to take care of him. I get it. I understand it. But it's, 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 it's honorable, man. It's admirable. It's, 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 it keeps me, I'm in awe. Because I know how much it takes to do one side of the ball for 60 snaps. And he wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this many plays and I'm not going to be a real factor. Like, I'm just out there. No. He had 11 catches. He was playing defense. Like, he, they were throwing at him. I told you the biggest play, he had to run 60 yards from that backside, total yards, to get to that play. Didn't come off the field for four or five plays. Stayed on the field. Made a game. Made a game-changing interception. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You can talk about Dylan Edwards, the another one of the unsung heroes. True freshman. Had over 100 yards receiving. Four, four touchdowns. Whew. Four. True freshman. Here's what I don't want y'all to think. <laughs> I don't want y'all to think this is easily duplicated. Understand that this is not an easily duplicated type thing. You just can't, unless you are Deion Sanders, and understand all the cachet and things that comes along with being Deion Sanders. If you are not Deion Sanders, this ain't easily duplicated. You can't just walk in folks' house and say, hey, I'm prime time and things just happened. I, it's not easily duplicated. This is the reason why you don't see people come in and flip 51 players. 51. Now, granted, they had to do that. They had to do that. But trust and believe you me, don't think that whatever school you cheer for, whatever school you root for, go Tar Heels. This is not duplicate. You can't duplicate this. You can't just think, I'm going to jump in the portal and bring in 51 new guys to my team. And to have it work, and to have it work in six months, six to nine months. Don't fool yourselves, people. 
Dion has always been one of a kind. Always been one of a kind. At Florida State, one of a kind. In the National Football League, one of a kind. In MLB, one of a kind. It's the only dude to hit a home run and get a touchdown in the same week. Same day. It, this is not this is not something that you can just see. This is this is not a copy and paste type deal. Your head coach is not Deion Sanders. He isn't. So don't think, well, I, my coach is just going to portal and bring in 51 new players. Don't set him up like that. No, don't, don't, don't put that pressure on your coach. Whatever school you cheer for and root for, what Dion is doing, De- Dion in his life was a transformational athlete, generational athlete. I agree when Dion says, my bus shouldn't be on the same floor as the other bus in Canton. Because Dion was a game changer. He needed to be on a different floor. As a player, I'm talking about. So I, I don't want y'all to believe that this thing is just easily duplicated. It's not. This is why it's getting such attention. Because you hear, you, uh, you hear what people are saying. What he's doing is unprecedented. Now, I don't know what the rest of the season may, what may have. This team was a 1-11 last year. I doubt to my core, that they will finish 1-11 this year. If they win six games, that is a win. If he gets this team bowl eligible, that is a win for Prime. I think they may get more wins than that. There's something that they have to, like one, one thing that we cannot negate is, while we talk about all that happened, they still gave up 260-something yards rushing. They still need some help on the inside. They, they, they need to find a way to, to get those boys up front, both offensively and defensively, but mainly defensively, because you're going to find some teams that you just can't outscore all the time. And when you put that much pressure on your quarterback, and I know that he's a Heisman hopeful into Shador Sanders, when you put so much pressure on him to be perfect, eventually the luck runs out. It, he can have a run now, but eventually the luck runs out. So they're going to have to still figure out ways to get this thing fixed because they gave up 262 yards rushing. If I was TCU, I would have never stopped rushing the football. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, I think they may have put a little bit too much trust into, uh, into Chandler Morris's hands. I had to keep giving them boys the football. Well, kid for, well, Sanders, for, which one came from Bama? Sanders? I would have kept giving him the ball. I would have kept giving Bailey the ball. And see what happens. But I don't, I don't coach that team. But shout out to Colorado. Shout out to Dion Shador. People laughed and made a joke after the game. Rick George, who is the, uh, the AD or the president at, at, at Colorado, he gave Dion one of the biggest hugs. He was all teary-eyed and red-faced. And people laugh because I'm sure there were some people when, 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 when Rick came to the, to the meeting, it was like, hey, guys, I have an idea. I think we're going to hire Deion Sanders. A lot of folks in that office probably was like, you out your darn mind. You, firing, you hiring who? And credit to Colorado. 
I want to say this. Credit to Colorado, to the folks in Boulder. This is their third black head coach. This is their third black head coach. And yes, it was a risk. But right now, it seems like it's paying off. So shout out to them. But he hugged Dion and he said, boy, you can tell that hug one of them hugs like, boy, my tail is on the line. If this don't work, me and you out of here, Dion. But boy, today you made you made it worth it. You got the buzz going here in Colorado. They they play next week against Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers in Boulder for their home opener. I'm sure that will be another must-watch TV game. Again, the Floyd Mayweather effect. When they play Nebraska next week, people are going to want to see, is, it, is the hype real? Is this team able to duplicate what happened against TCU, or was that just a front? Were they front runners? Or does the plane come crashing back down to earth? Does Shador Sanders still just sling that pill around the, around the ballpark? Is Travis Hunter really that dude? Is he a dog? They're going to want to see. They're going to want to see. Trust and believe you me. There's a ton of people saying, they're sitting back saying, you know what? Like they did with Floyd Mayweather, he's going to lose this game. Man, when he fights so-and-so, he's going to lose. When he fight Pacquiao, when he fight Canelo, when he fight Cota, he's going to lose. And Floyd just kept knocking him out. I don't know what next week brings for Dion, But I know that he's going to have them boys ready. He's going to have them boys ready. They will be ready. Whew, I believe. They like, Jesse, you a front. You a, I know I'm still, still Tar Heel for life now, but he got me. He got me. And they keep receipts. They keep, the Sanders keep receipts. They petty. I, I love a good petty. There's nothing I love more than a good petty because I am a part of the petty committee. Oh, I'm petty. I'm petty, and I, 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 but Dion and Shador and company, they petty too, and they keep those receipts. You know, it's funny, we did, like, normally the Cowboys are in the A block. Cowboys are always A block business. I told y'all that, business. But Dion is that prime that they move Cowboys to B block. So we must talk about the Cowboys now. Cowboys are set to play the New York football Giants Sunday night football. This Sunday, MetLife. It's going to be an interesting game. I think that this division has gotten better. I think that this division, the NFC East, has gotten significantly better. For a long time, for a significant amount of time, I should say a long time, for a significant amount of time, the, the, the New York football giants, the, the Washington commanders have been booty juice, have been the bottom feeders of this division. Despite them may winning every now and again, it still was never a, a serious contender in this division. It's really been the Eagles and, and, and the Cowboys kind of the two big brothers of this division. That, that, that has changed. I still think Dallas and, and Philadelphia, however you want to have them, are still kind of the front runners of who will win this division, but it won't be easy. 
I told you guys before, when they got rid of Gettleman and they got rid of Joe Judge and, and Jason Garrett and got some real football coaches and some real football front office people in there, that things would change. The Giants last year took a team that had no business being in the playoffs to the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, they went to the playoffs. And I think they retooled and, and, and are adding on to what they did before. And while I may pick the Cowboys to win this game on Sunday, a big reason for that is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, since entering the league, is 10-2 versus the New York Football Giants. The last time that he lost to the New York Football Giants was 2016, his rookie season. He has dominated the Giants. Dominated the Giants. I think that trend continues. The winning trend continues. I don't think it'll be easy. I, I think this is going to be something that we really have to pay attention to. The defenses across this league, in particular up front, New York, Washington, Philadelphia, Dallas, are all dogs, stout, aggressive, dominant, game-changing. Noteworthy. And there's going to have to be a level of we got to stay ready at all times. The Giants are going to be better than what they were last year. I just believe it. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is the savior or Saquon is the savior. But I think what they do as a whole, Brian Dayball coming in in year two, will have this team ready to play. I believe it. But I do think that, that Mike McCarthy and, and Brian Schottenheimer and Dan Quinn will have this Cowboys team set and ready. This is the most talented Cowboy roster in 10 years, both offensively and defensively. This is the most talented Cowboy roster probably in longer than 10 years. I'm probably cutting it too short. Most definitely one that we haven't seen in a long time. You got players on both sides of the ball. I am cheering and advocating. I think CeeDee Lamb is getting ready to blast off. I get, I'm thinking CeeDee Lamb is getting ready to have one of those years that we talk about. Woo! Woo! One of them type years. Woo! He gets into that next level. I do. I do. I think Micah, who has been knocking on that defensive player of the year award, I, I oof. I think it's coming. Especially as long as Joey Bosa continues to uh, to hold out. Miss games, Joe. I don't care. <laughs> He's the reigning defensive player of the year. The more games that you miss, the more games that Michael plays without you on the football field and he puts out dominating numbers. In fact, make sure you miss the Cowboys game as well. Miss all the games. Even the ones in the playoff too. Miss those too. Sit out the whole year. Why not? You and Chris Jones. But the Cowboys, they have to go right now. Like, this has to be the year. This has to be the year. And I know I, I, I'm not one that says, this is our year. This is our, I'm, I'm not that guy. But the way that this roster is set up, they are set up to win now. 
And I got to give credit to Steven and Jerry Jones because they've said for a long time that we'll write whatever check has to be written, wrote, written, whatever, to get us there. And honestly, they've been, they've been writing the checks. They've been putting themselves in position. Recently, they wrote another check. Terry Steele, the, 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 the right guard coming off ACL injury. They just paid him six years, $86 million with the opportunity up to get to $91 million. Woo! Must be the money. Trying to solidify that offensive line. All reports have said that his rehab has been phenomenal. Never missed a day. Never missed a day of rehab. That's that's big. That's big. Everyone's excited that he got paid. I'm, I'm always for players getting paid. Get all the money that you can. Because that $91 million doesn't, doesn't hold a candle to the $9.2 billion. Always remember that. If an, owner's, if an owner's team is worth $9.2 billion, then he's paying you crumbs. <laughs> crumbs. Of what he'll make overall if you good. If if Terrence Steele is good and his offensive line is good, what 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 he gonna make over time, Jerry? I'm talking about the Joneses. That that ninety one million dollars. If he hit all the incentives, pennies, crumbs to what he's gonna bring in. Brought in one point one last year. Last year. <laughs> That's not even counting the money that the league gives them every single year. But this is going to be an interesting game. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy win. I think the Cowboys are going to have to fight their way through. And the only thing, if I am concerned, if there's only thing that I am concerned about is none of the Cowboys starters, especially offensively, played any snaps in the preseason. That, that, when you have a brand new offense that you're trying to implement – and especially offense that, that is predicated on around timing, um, being where you're supposed to be, communication. I get that you have practice. And the Cowboys, sometimes teams will say, well, my starters won't play in the preseason, but we'll have joint practices. And in the joint practices, we'll get our starters some of those first-team live reps. Well, the Cowboys had none of that this preseason in this training camp, no, no joint practices. And then on top of that, a lot of their starters, if not all of their starters, didn't play. The, the, the starters, started, the stars, I should say, didn't play in any preseason games. Only practice. So I don't, I, don't, I don't like trying to find the chemistry and the rhythm first game out of the season against a division opponent. Because these are the type of games, if you happen to lose, which I don't think they're going to lose, but if you happen to lose, bite you in the butt later on down the road. We've seen this team get to a point in December and say, boy, we'd have had that game back in October, back in late September. It would have helped our seedings today. So that's my only concern about the Cowboys is just the fact that none of those guys got the meaningful reps earlier in the season, or early in training camp, throughout training camp, none of the preseason games, and you're implementing a new offense. The Texas Coast a.k.a. the West Coast. But that's why they play the games. So if Mike McCarthy believes that his squad is ready to go, if Dan Quinn believes his squad is ready to go, then damn it, so do I. 
I believe that is the theme. If this show had a theme or a title in it today, it would be I believe. I believe. Dion got all of us believing. Dion got the world believing. I love it. I love it. But we'll talk more of Cowboy football leading into the game. But I couldn't leave the Cowboys out. Got to put them in this situation. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Uh, they practice today. During practice, uh, Tyler Smith, the second-year left guard, he left practice with a little bit of hammy. They won't practice again until Wednesday. I don't know how serious that's going to be with Tyler. Um, but this, that, if there's one position that is thin, that is thin, it's offensive line. One of those guys go down, and boy, we got trouble. Especially against a team like the Giants, where they get physical inside. And, uh, and, and so Tyler Smith, I don't know what the hamstring injury is going to be, but we'll continue to check on that, report back to you on Wednesday. But that's, that's the deal. That's the deal. All right, let's go around the sports world. The NBA loses Lithuania. <laughs> I heard Gilbert Arena talk about this. Gilbert Arena said that we sent our, he said an F team. Yeesh. He said outside of Anthony Edwards, he sent the F team. They get a chance to rebound. It's not the end of all be all. But this is kind of the warm up. This is kind of the warm up. You would think when it gets to the Olympics, that's when the big dogs come out. That, that's when you're. That's, that's when the names come out. That's when it's really, really, really game time. Cooper Cup is in Minnesota dealing with the hamstring injury. I, you know, I played with a player who's really good, I think, I think, in Miles Austin, who just couldn't, no matter what he did, defeat these hamstring injuries. Cooper Cup has been out since August 1st when he re-injured uh, the hamstring and has been dealing with that all training camp, didn't play any preseason games, is now with, 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 with this week's, this is game week. He's in Minnesota seeing a specialist trying to get himself together. But something about, man, when that hamstring goes, 30 years old, one of the best, one of the best, hands down, one of the best route running receivers in the league. But when that hamstring go, you trash after that. You trash after that because everything that he does is predicated on being able to have that read and react, that quick, 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 quick twitch muscle movement. If those hammies ain't ain't functioning and working properly. You're no good to nobody, and it's interesting because this is Matthew Stafford's go-to dude, <laughs> and Matthew Stafford's come out and said, "I've had some trouble kind of getting used to these younger guys. I don't, I don't know." His wife said it. But I'm having some trouble getting acclimated with this the, the culture of the young people. So the one dude he was acclimated with might not be there for him. We'll see with the Rams. Side note, Aaron Donald's my man crush Monday. He's like, I can say this because I am 100% heterosexual. But there's like Aaron Donald just shouldn't you should not be 285 pounds and have a six pack and be as dominant as he is. I I I, I began to love the player Aaron Donald when I watched him. I think it was Devontae Freeman, the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. When he picked Devontae Freeman up, you know how strong you gotta be 
to not bend down and squat up, to grab a man by his shoulder pads and pick him up and walk him back three yards and his feet be dangling? Pause. Pause. Sorry. Thank you. Pause. Aaron Donald, man, that dude is something. That dude is something special. Two big-time holdouts in the National Football League. The Kansas City Chiefs all-world defensive tackle. Chris Jones is still holding out, looking for a new contract. This is big. 15 and a half sacks for Chris Jones last year. He's Chris Jones is one of those players that, I know I'm saying it's all dog, but he's one of those defensive linemen that you don't have to do anything for. I don't have to stunt. I don't have to. I don't have to pick. I don't have to do none of that. I just let him be. I let him be Chris Jones. And going up against a team like the Detroit Lions, that's who they're playing, right? The Detroit Lions. That is something that they're going to try to run the football. They're going to try to run the football. And not to have that big that big boy in the middle of this defense not only stopping the run, 15 and a half sacks. That just doesn't happen from the interior of the defense like that. Only a couple dudes get down like that. Him and Aaron Donald. And the problem is, I guess problem being relative, problem not for him, problem for maybe the Chiefs, is he wants to get paid like Aaron Donald. He wants to have a record-breaking uh, contract. He wants to be paid as the highest interior defensive lineman in the league, or at least close to. And the two sides have not been able to come to an agreement, so Chris Jones sits at home. And they have, out the gate, the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Detroit Lions this Thursday, Thursday night football. The game is right around the corner. It is right around the corner. Three days from now. I don't know if they're going to get something settled by now or, 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 or not, but him not being in that lineup will matter. The only good thing about the Kansas City Chiefs is right now when, when it pertains to players, they still got Patrick Mahomes. Woo! You think Travis Hunter is a dog. That boy won five. He is a double dog. I'll take him on my squad. You, get, you can give me Patrick Mahomes and 10 other senior citizens. I like my chances. I do. I like my chances. Another holdout, the reigning defensive player of the year, Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa, excuse me. Sorry. Nick Bosa. The Bosa brothers. Nick Bosa. He's holding out too. All those guys want more money. I get it. Let's get your bread, young men. Get paid, young brother. Get paid. Get paid, young brother. Get paid. All these guys are holding out. Defensive player of the year, you want a new deal. Get that man his money. But just hold out until after the Cowboys game. Another story in the NFL that has got my attention. I am super intrigued by this. And it's 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 an interesting, interesting. Conversation. Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, who a year ago, remember, Kyler, this was the story with Kyler and his contract. And I'm sorry, 
EB, his agent, that's my dude. EB getting a lot of money. EB, you getting a lot of money, Eric Burkhart. You're getting a lot of bread out here, bro. He's the agent for Terrence Steele. He's got a new deal. He was the agent for Cliff Kingsbury. He was the agent for Kyler Murray. Getting a lot of bread out here. Anybody from Texas Tech signs with EB. EB, you getting a lot of bread out here, bro. Gonna have you, gonna have you on the show one day. Talk about all this bread you're getting. But Kyler Murray signed that $230 million contract. Guaranteed. Oof. But the talk about it initially was that they put a clause in the contract about him actually doing some study hours. That boy get on that game, but he ain't studying that playbook. People say, oh, it's colors, it's just raw. So they, they went back in and changed it. But I'm like, nobody put that in the contract and that ain't really happening. But this new interesting story is, is one, Kyler Murray's coming off the ACL injury. And if you watch the Cardinals closely or pay attention a little bit, they've kind of been doing this fire sale, getting rid of some guys, trading some guys away, kind of just, they want to organically tank. And a lot of teams are saying, boy, we need to, we need to, Tank for Caleb. Cut bait for Caleb. Caleb Williams being the Heisman front runner, the, the reigning Heisman winner and front runner, quarterback at USC, who you saw him on display this Saturday, marveled at what he was able to do. But a lot of teams are saying we need, we, we want, we're, we want to get good, we want to get bad enough to get good enough to get Caleb Williams. But this story is pretty interesting. Because the Cardinals in 2024 owe Kyler Murray $37 million. In 2025, owe Kyler Murray $29 million. And in 2026, owe him $26 million in injury guarantees. If he can't pass a physical by March 1st of those given years. So right now, Kyler is on the pup list meaning that he'll miss um, the first four games of the season. Now, this is an interesting topic because if they move Kyler to IR, he misses the entire season. And you can kind of say that the, that, that, that the Cardinals are playing a little, bit of, a little bit of dirty pool here. And the fact that they can keep Kyler off the field because what you guys don't know is, is that Injured players or, 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 or certain type of players, when you look at Kyler's contract, will be, have that guaranteed money. So if they keep him off the field, then maybe they can do some things if they decide to cut him or let him go or trade him or you know eat some of that money up when they trade him away to someone else. If they keep him off the field and he's healthy during those dates, especially for that $37 million that he's due in 2024, guaranteed. The Raiders did a similar thing like this to David Carr. And the Colts did the same thing with Matt Ryan when they benched him and then they brought him back, but they benched him again because they were saying, if you're hurt, we got to give you all this money no matter what. So this is a, you just keep an eye on this thing as it works through the season with Kyler Murray, all the money that's due to him if he is injured. It's guaranteed. So maybe they can do some other things if they decide to trade him away because the Cardinals are clearly trying to organically tank. And I don't blame them. Because the Cardinals have stepped, have really stepped, shot themselves in the foot, I should say. Because they thought hiring, which I thought was an absolute bad hire, Cliff Kingsbury, 
who did nothing in college but lose as a head coach. I know that he he had Johnny Manziel and he had some he had uh, 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 Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma had some other players, but as a head coach he sucked. Huh? And Kyler, yeah, at AM. He did nothing but suck as a head coach. But they paid him all that money. And when he came in, he's like, you know what? They had just, they had just got Josh Rosen. They had just drafted Josh Rosen. The Cardinals did. And Cliff came in and he said, Well, my system runs well with Kyler Murray. Look what we did in college. The numbers show. So they went and said bye-bye, Josh Rosen, and brought in Kyler Murray. And it it worked for a little bit. Remember, they started out like 8-0, 7-0, and then it just all went downhill. And hadn't been right since. Cliff Kingsbury is in, he was in Bali. He was in Bali, chilling. I think he's working, uh, where is he working at now? He's He's in a consultant or OC for somebody now. Assistant at USC. So he's still making money hand over fist. But he was in Bali chilling. And the whole Colin Murray experiment isn't working out. Hurt. They don't really want him there. So this is an interesting topic to pay attention to throughout the football season. All right, man. That's it for me. That's episode seven of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. I believe, Dion. You should believe, too. We'll be back later on this week to bring you more topics. I might talk about Dion some more. I might not. Talk about the Cowboys. Talk about a lot of different things. Thank you all for being here with me. Thank you all for like, subscribe. Let me say that. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow us at Mr. Fourth Along on all social media platforms. Watch it. Watch it twice. Watch it twice. Why not? <laughs> if you see me in the street, say something. Ski, that That's how it go. All the young kids say that. If you see me, say what's up. Ski, But no, man, I appreciate you always for joining me. I hope you learned something today. I hope you laughed today. I hope you've been informed today. Until next time, remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. See you next time. I'm out.